G'day, and welcome to the Bloody Aussie Battler podcast with your host and fellow battler, Mike Holt. The Bloody Aussie Battler brings you news, views, and interviews as we discuss what the liars, thieves, criminals, and traitors have been doing to our country and to Western democracies around the world. My guests discuss important issues and explain why and how it's time to drain the billabong to bring back decent, lawful, moral government that will serve we, the people of the Commonwealth of Australia. Join us now on the Bloody Aussie Battler. Good morning, Peter. How are you, mate? I'm great. Yourself? Oh, very good. That's good. As you know, there's a bit of good news to tell everybody in Australia, and that is that I finally got to file my case before the High Court, and it's an ex parte hearing. Where the... Can you tell me what happens in an ex parte hearing? Basically, the court will investigate to see if your contentions are arguable, and if they're arguable, they'll probably give you leave to file an issue the proceeding and serve the necessary other parties. It's a very big case, in actual fact. It is. It will affect the whole of Australia if it's successful. And it should be successful. You've put an awful lot of work in. Um, you too. You were the prime mover here helping me write. Well, yeah, but it's all right having a prime mover, but you've still got to have a semi-trailer behind it. <laughs> this is true. And uh, yeah, I'm certainly dragging in a lot of issues. But basically, our case is based on the cable principle, isn't it? It's more than that. It's the cable principle. It's all around Chapter 3 of the Constitution and the fact that the High Court is at the apex of the Australian legal system. And in an ideal world, it would accept everything and examine it. And if it requires issues to be determined prior to coming back to the High Court, remit it to the Federal Court of Australia, which can sit with the jury. Because Abel principle basically says that any judge sitting alone is not complying with the Australian Constitution. And this is huge. We've seen evidence of magistrates saying, you know, I'm sitting under Victorian law or I'm sitting under Queensland law or I'm sitting under New South Wales law. West Australian law, that's not the Federation. This is why what you've done, that's mostly based on Queensland law, which is still all there, this will revolutionise the way business is done in the courts of Australia if it's successful. Mm. And even if it's not successful, it will ventilate and show the people what could be happening. Is it? Right. So would you like to go over just the basic points of this? There's the cable principle, there's the constitution, and this all came about from the Victorian courts ignoring the constitution section 79 and 80 in my case down there, which I have pointed out to the courts many times that they have no jurisdiction over me here in Queensland, and they have just ignored that. And section 80 is the relevant section in the constitution that states in a criminal case, the case must be heard where the accused lived. And the Victorian courts have just said, oh, no, we're sitting under Victorian law, which is subject to the Constitution. They cannot just act on Victorian law and they're ignoring the Constitution. And as a result, I was arrested and imprisoned in Victoria for six days. So this is now 
going to the high court because these people acted against the constitution and against me. It's also about the covenant on civil and political rights, which is a treaty that the Australian government has signed, an international treaty. And it's also based on various other acts and laws. Can you talk about that? What happened to you in Brisbane was that the judge, when you brought it before the Supreme Court in Queensland, and credit to them that they did let you bring it, even if they didn't comply with the Unidroid Treaty and let you be heard and make an argument, they listened to one side of the story only, and that's where they erred in law. And because the High Court's got original jurisdiction under the Registrar, Rosemary Mussolino, was extremely helpful in helping you to actually get it in front of the High Court. Yes, she was. She was very helpful. And each time the court rejected my application, it was only because I didn't get the paperwork right. And every time I didn't, she replied to me and said, you've got to do this to get it correct. And I finally got through. Yeah, that's a great thing. First, you don't succeed, <laughs> but no, you didn't. You were persistent. And uh, persistence pays. If you've got a case, you want it to be heard, you've got a vital interest in it, so you've got locus, what they call locus standi. You've got the right to stand in front of a court. Mm. Now, it's an ancient right, believe it or not, to be tried in your own parish. That's gone by the wayside because our modern lawyers seem to think that the ancient rights of the common law are all gone by the wayside and that they can make the law as they go on. But these ancient rights were there to preserve the rights of the people, subjects of the king. Now, we were all stripped of our subject of the king status in 1948 by the Nationality and Citizenship Act. Sorry to interrupt there, Peter, but you do realise that we actually have no Crown authority at the moment. Since Queen Elizabeth died, there is no King of, of England anymore until Charles is crowned. When's he going to be crowned? So, therefore, we have no crown authority for any law. Is, is the interim crown? Is hmm. Because king is dead long with the king. Yes. That's, that's a maximum of English law that goes way back. The king dies today and his successor takes over tomorrow. But the coronation is only the formal recognition of his role, and it's actually a constitutional act because the coronation oath is actually the English constitution and the contents of the coronation oath should be widely published and widely available to every Australian. That preserves our Christian right to fair trial, our right to access the ecclesiastical or spiritual jurisdiction of the world, and Charles is going to have to either keep his oath or the, the same thing that will happen to him that happened to Charles I, except they probably won't cut his head off. There are enough angry people around the world these days, especially in England, where they're starting to use an angle grinder to chop down these cameras, the surveillance cameras, plus other things that's going on over there. There are a lot of angry people. And when people get angry enough and they get pushed to the wall hard enough, they push back. And history teaches us that the people always win in the end. Right, that is dead right. And the French Revolution turned out to be extremely bloody. And that was because the French sovereign was not looking after his people, not doing the right thing by his people. Now, if the sovereign, the king, doesn't do the right thing by his people, it's a bit like in any job. Do your job or let someone else do it. The problem I see with all of that is we don't really need 
a crown sovereign anymore. We are sovereign. Now, I want to bring this up too. The government has started calling people like you and me sovereign citizens. That is an oxymoron. Sovereign means we are kings over ourselves. We are the kings. We are the ones who have our lives. And we decide what to do with our lives. A citizen is an entity created by a corporate government and controlled by the corporate government. You cannot be both. So it's, it's also slavery. They think that they can tell all of us exactly what to do, when to do it, and if they say jump, we're supposed to ask how high on the way up. And if we're lucky, we'll jump on the back of their necks. <laughs> <laughs> or down their throat. Yeah, whatever. All right, let's get back to the court case. Now that I have filed, what will be the next step? Will I have to appear in court in the ex parte hearing? They'll probably have a directions hearing where someone will give directions for the further conduct of the matter. Now, in your submission to them, I noticed you put the requirement of Section 71 of the Constitution, and this was raised in the table argument, 71 of the Constitution, that High Court shall consist of Chief Justice and not less than two other justices. So you're going to have to have a three-man tribunal or at least a three-man court. And they have a look at what you put into it and all the work you've done. I think it'll probably go to the entire court, minus Justice Gordon, who wouldn't let you file in the first place. And she won't be able to sit on the full high court because she's already, basically, it's an appeal for her decision. Right. Yes, I think it was after the second application. She put a notice on my application, stamped and signed, rejected. And that then recuses her from the case, right? Yeah, so she, she will have to recuse, yes. I think she'll have to stand there because yeah. she's already expressed a bias against yes. what you were trying to do. Now, the filing fee is about $3,660 or something. I am a pensioner and therefore I've applied for relief on that and I don't think I'm going to have to pay for that. But there are other associated costs I'm going to have to pay once the court issues summons. I'm going to have to process servers to take these summonses and serve them on the people. I've got 18 people on my case that I'm summoning to court. It's, it's almost as big as Ben Hurd. <laughs> yeah, and I, that includes the Governor-General. I'm summoning the Governor-General, the Prime Minister, the Chief of the AFP, the Chief of the CDP, two Supreme Court judges, a County Court judge, and several of their minions to the High Court. Now, once we get before a jury, they will be there to explain why they have broken the law, not only against me, but against the Australian people and the Constitution. And they're going to have to try and justify that. I don't see how they're going to be able to do so. We've got a pretty strong argument, haven't we? Yeah, look, on the first form you put in, there was a question, is there any reason why this court should not remit it back to the Federal Court of Australia? And because of the Federal Court of Australia under Sections 40 and 41, has money appropriated for a jury trial? And on the cable principle, what probably could happen, and this is only speculation, is that I thought, look, we'll send it back to the federal court for trial with a jury in Queensland where you are because you're entitled to access court in our own state. That's one of the common laws. You had to be able to get it locally. 
And uh, this is it's got great potential, but we'll see what happens with it. Now, what about Section 80 of the Constitution? If I'm going to have my trial up here, are these people in Victoria and New South Wales obligated to come? They'll have to come as witnesses, but or with modern technology, courts are now using Zoom, as we are, and they've been using electronic connections in the federal court for a long time. No, that, that wasn't actually the flavour of my question. What I was asking is, under Section 80, I'm holding the trial up here. Are they obligated to appear in court, whether it's electronic or not? Yeah, but they can do it by Zoom. That's what I was saying, electronic. Yes, but I'm, under the law, are they obligated to appear? Uh, because this is a... If they want their evidence heard, of course they are. Okay. That's what I wanted to clarify. Yeah, so if anybody would like to donate some money, you can go to my website, advance-australia.com.au, and click on Donate, and it would be very much appreciated because I'll tell you what, I'm broke. I've spent so much money on this, I can't even afford to put petrol on my car at the moment. So if anybody would like to help me out, it would sure be appreciated. And you're not only helping me, you're helping the future of your children and Australia. Yes, it's a bit, a bit sad, actually, that it come to this because really the amount of time that's had to be put into it only be found by a person like yourself who's retired. Not, and I don't mean down at Barry Repairs. You're not working That's full right. time. Yes. And consequently, you've got time to ponder and think about things and research and stuff up. And um, it's got you in a little bit of trouble, but you shouldn't be in trouble. It, this is the thing. It should not have, they should not have prosecuted you in Victoria for something that happened in Queensland. That is the, that's the bottom line. Yes. And that's the whole basis of my argument about Section 80 Constitution. I committed the crime here of publishing an article about a court case that the judge had put a suppression order on. How would I know in Victoria? That's where the court case I was writing about was being held. It was in Victoria. And the suppression order wasn't published up here. How would I know that? Well, that's, that's, that's something that we're going to, have to, we're going to have to look at, isn't it? Certainly is. Sounds like you've got a bunch of lawyers behind you, mate. A lot of yeah, well, I don't know. There's, 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 a, there's a few older folk around who've spent a lot of time analysing, looking at and investigating our common law roots of our law and the delivery of justice to the Australian people, which at this present time is in a pretty sorry state in some states. Some states are worse than others. In my checkered career, I've been in every state of Australia at some time, and always with people who are in a bit of strife with the law. So age and experience usually beats youth and exuberance, they say, so we'll see what happens. It certainly does. And, mate, I really want to make it very clear to everybody how helpful and supportive you've been throughout this ordeal. And it has been an ordeal, but, mate, I couldn't have done it without you. You've been amazing. The work you've put in, the support you've given me, so thank you from the bottom of my heart. That's all right, mate. I'll do the same for a... <laughs> I won't say it. <laughs> all right. Thank you. We'll talk again. All right. Wonderful.